Good morning. Welcome to the first split session ever at Holiday Youth Convention. You're a part of it. How many of you like the idea of split sessions at Holiday Youth Convention? How many of you would like to see the next Holiday Youth Convention? Well, we're looking at adding a split session because we're going to have a guest music director next year. And we'll have a music split session next year. How many of you would like to see that? Maybe three of you. Okay, good. <laughs> All right, great. Well, it's so good to see you here this morning. You're in the senior high split session, and we're so good, or so glad to see that you're here, and we are so good, aren't we? <laughs> we're doing great things. Y'all got to forgive me, it's late night. But it's so good to see you here, and we're so honored to have the Section 2 Youth Director, Brother Brad Underwood. And we love a lot to forgive it. <laughs> <laughs> we give them a big shout out. Yeah! We're well, so glad to have you here. We're so glad to have Brother Brad. And let's listen to what he has to say. We're looking forward to everything he speaks in our lives. Brother Brad. Hey, Amen. Give it up to, for Brother Adam. <laughs> so, real quick, we get started. Does everybody stand up? We're going to do a nice little exercise called introduce yourself to somebody that you may not know. Just take about two or three minutes. If you're on this side, go to that side. If you go on that side, go to this side. See somebody that you introduce yourself real quick. you may have. If you want to go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 6, we're going to read verses 1 and 2. If you got it, say amen. If you don't have it, I don't have a screen, so I can't take a look up there. Uh, it says this, we then as workers together with him, beseech ye also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. Verse 2, for he said, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I secured thee. Behold, now, everybody say now. now. Now is the accepted time. Behold, now, everybody say now, now. is the day of salvation. And so, the title of this split session is supposed to be Next Steps. And I got to asking God, what, what could I possibly tell senior hires what their next step is? Well, he just told me that the answer to that is the word now. It's time to get involved now. 
It's time to advance the kingdom of God now. So right, so right now, that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about now. So if you would, lift your hands. We're going to pray and ask the Lord to help us in this place. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this awesome group of senior hiding people. Lord, I pray that your spirit would move and settle in on us, God. I pray that our lives would be changed in this place, Lord, in these next two services, Lord, that your, that your spirit, Lord, that we would be different than what we came, Lord, that the word of God would go forth. Let it fall on good ground. In Jesus' name, everybody say, amen. amen. You can be seated. So according to my source of word lookup, all kinds of different software, I found out that the word now is used over 1,300 times in the word of God. At least we know that the word, you know, the word, the term now, you know, there's a difference when you were younger, some of you even now, when your parents would like say, get up. Get out of bed, and then it would say, Get out of bed now, or get in the car, get in the car now. We're leaving, we're leaving now. There's, there's a difference. There's something about that word now. It's, it's a sense of urgency. It's, it's somebody saying, you gotta, we, gotta, we gotta do something right now. Uh, as we see in verse 2 of our text, the word now refers to a time. But the problem with time. We always think that time is our friend. We always think that we can save time. You know that you can't save time. Once time is spent, it's spent. You can't get it back. You can't rewind time. It's just gone. Um, But we have a tendency to defer now to a better time. I'll do that later. I'll get that done tomorrow. Some other time. When I get married. When I go to Bible school. When I do this, I'll do that at a different time. Hard decisions, work that we need to do, things that are not very comfortable, we tend to defer that right now to some other time. Someday we'll do the things that we've always intended to do. Someday we'll become more dedicated. Someday we'll commit ourselves to the work of the gospel. Someday when maybe my life is a little more favorable, I'll, I'll, I'll give to the church. I'll, I'll pay my tithes. I'll help the poor. I'll, I'll witness to the lost. Or I'll visit the sick. But I'll do that someday. I used to wear a t-shirt when I was a little younger. Some of you have probably seen it. It had a statement that said, Procrastinators unite tomorrow. Some of y'all get that on the way home. The fact is that the perfect time the convenient time is never going to come. If you're waiting until the timing is right, if you're waiting until all your ducks are in a row, that time's never going to come. Proverbs 24 says, The sluggard will not plow by the reason of the cold. Therefore shall he beg and harvest and have nothing. Ecclesiastes 11.4 says, He that observeth the wind shall not sow, and he that regardeth the, crap, the clouds shall not reap. We don't have time for someday. We don't have time to defer now. James 4.14 says, Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor. It appears for a little time, and then it vanishes away. It's just smoke. It's just, it's here, and it's gone. Ecclesiastes 9.11 says, For man also knoweth not his time, as the fishes that are taken in an evil net, as the birds that are caught in a snare, so are the sons of men snared in an evil time when it falleth suddenly upon them. Ecclesiastes is saying that you're like a fish. You know, you ever been fishing? You know, you're just fishing. 
And that, 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 that fish sees that worm or whatever it is, that bait that you're using, and it bites that thing, it had no idea that you're fixing it. Just yanked him right out of his livelihood, out of where, everything that he's ever known. He just wanted something to eat. And that's just like us. We're just going through life. We're just doing our thing. We're just trying to get from day to day. But all of a sudden, life is no more. Our time is no more. We're just, we're just snatched out like a fish out of the water. Psalms 90, 9 through 12 says, For all our days are passed away in thy wrath. We spend our years as a tale that is told. The days of our years are three score years and ten. You don't know what that is? That's seventy. And if by reason of strength they be four score years or eighty, yet their strength and labor and sorrow for it is soon cut off and we fly away. So your promise seventy. If you're lucky, you'll get eighty. But if, if you get eighty, those are going to be times of, of, of labor and sorrow. Who knoweth the power of thy anger, even according to thy fear, so is thy wrath. So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Psalms 39, 4 through 5 says, Lord, make me to know mine end and the measure of my days, what it is that I may know how frail I am. Behold, thou hast made my days as a hand breath. Well, if the hand breath is as the width of your palm, Get to looking at your hand. You compare that to your life and think, that's not a lot. That's not a, a lot of time. And my age is as nothing before thee. Barely every man in his best state is altogether vanity. Say lot. So even whatever we want to do in this life, at the very best, the very best we can be, Solomon says, it's nothing. It's just vanity. But now we've got to do something now. The time is now. Acts 24, 24 through 26, tell you a story about a man named Felix. It says, and after certain days when Felix came with his wife, Jerusalem, which was a Jewish, he sent for Paul and heard him concerning the faith in Christ. And as he reached the righteousness, temperance, and the judgment to come, Felix trembled and answered, go thy way for this time. When I have a convenient season, I will call for thee. He had hoped also that money should have been given of him of Paul, that he might lose him. Wherefore he sent him the oftener and communed with him. At that very moment, Paul is standing before the governor Felix, greatest apostle. He begins to speak to him about the things of God and about Jesus Christ. And it was at that moment, while Paul is speaking, Felix began to be dealt with by the Holy Ghost. He began to feel that that Paul had on him, but instead of acting upon that, instead of deciding to do something about that now, he told Paul, you need to go away. You need to get away from me, and when I want to hear anything else from you, when I have a more convenient season, I'll call for you. I'll talk, I'll listen to you then. I don't need to listen to you right now. Leave me alone. That scripture says that he's trembling. He's about to make the most important decision that he would ever make. Felix's eternal destiny was laid what was hung in the balance. And you must understand that in this room, when you feel the pull of the Spirit, when you feel God laying something on your heart, the time for you to act upon that is right now. Not next week, not next month, not next year, not some other time, but right then and right there. You've got to do something about that right now. Amen. Maybe just like 
Maybe Felix felt like it was not the right time. Maybe he didn't really think that that was what he needed to hear at that present moment. Because really that scripture after that says that he was really concerned more about money than his own soul because he liked taking bribes. He liked, you know, he was kind of shady. You know, like, you know, you want to get out? Give me some money. I'll, well, I'm, I, I can set you free. He was hoping that Paul would do that. But instead, Paul was preaching to him. Every time he saw Paul, Paul was saying something about Jesus. And so he was hoping that he could get him away. But he said, I've got to have a more convenient time. I have to be. This is not what I need to hear right now. But the problem with trying to go after your own ambitions and your own goals and all those things are good. But Jesus said this in Matthew 16, 26. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Maybe, maybe just Felix thought that he had years and years and years to go. One day before he died, when it was convenient, when his convenient season finally came, he would eventually call for Paul and accept that Jesus that Paul was telling him about. Just maybe, just maybe, right before I die, I can call for Paul and, and I'll, I'll be willing to, to hear what he has to say. Because Felix was sure Paul was right. I have no, I, no, no doubt about that because he could feel what, what he had never felt before when Paul was standing in his presence. But Felix probably thought, this thing that I feel, it, it'll always be here when I'm ready. It'll always be here when, when things are right. And I don't know how many times I've heard that since being a youth pastor and just being involved in ministry. Seeing people at gravesides, seeing their loved ones be buried and and gone and say, I'm just not ready. They, they, they've heard the preacher preach. They've heard the word of God, but they're just not ready. I'm not ready for that. I've seen people in crisis trembling and praying for God to intervene on their behalf again, just to say, you know what? I'm just not ready. It's just not, I'm just not ready for that. But I hope that this morning, if you are in that balance, you've heard the voice of God. You've heard God speak to you that you will act upon that decision this morning because the time is now. It's right now. Don't put it off another day. Um, so, so this happens to Felix. You know, he told Paul, when I have a more convenient season, I'll, I'll call for you. Well, in Acts 24, 27, but after two years, Festus came into Felix's room and Felix willing to show the Jews a pleasure, he left Paul bound. It's been two years, and that convenient season hasn't came yet. It's still not here. Two years, Paul's still in prison, and Felix is still waiting for the time to hear what Paul had to say. It seems that two years go by, and Felix's heart just seems to grow colder and colder. Just like when you don't act upon what God has has, has laid on your heart. You don't go and talk to your man of God and get his permission. Talk to him about what you hear the voice of God telling you. You will eventually become colder and colder. And you'll quit feeling that pull, that tug of what God is wanting you to do in your city, in your school, in your college campus. It'll all fade away. All because you're waiting on a convenient time. And after that two years, after that verse of scripture, you don't hear no more mention of Felix. You don't hear anything else about him. 
His name, he's called by name eight times in scripture. And each time that you hear the word Felix, God is trying to reach him through Paul. But then it all ends. The convenient season never came. The timing being right never came. He decided that he couldn't do that right now. But God's mercy is ever reaching. God's grace is deeper than anything you could ever understand. But why do you want to take a chance on that? Why do you why do you think it's okay to keep pushing God back and saying, nah, I'm not ready yet, God. I gotta get married. And get married's good. You should get married. Awesome. You should go to college. You should get an education. You should have a great career. But you can't put that stuff in front of God. You can't, you can't allow that to be precedent over what God is telling you to do. Because God's always going to take care of you if you do what he says. I know that's not popular. I know that's not good stuff because we live in a very, it's amazing. It's really amazing. In, in, the, in, the, in the culture of the world, we're all about now. We gotta have that now. We gotta have that car now. We gotta have that house now. We gotta have that career now. But when it comes to things of God, we want to put it. I, I can wait on that. Now maybe we need to shift our focus and turn our eyes toward Jesus Christ. Felix very well could have gotten another chance, but every time we fail to heed the call of God, you just get just a little bit colder. You get a little. Your heart gets waxed over just a little bit more. But now is the time. Now is the time for your ministry. Now is the time to do the thing that God has told you to do. Now is the time to serve God. Your world needs you. Your college campus needs you. Your high school needs you. If you don't reach them, who will? You may not have next year. We just have now. We just have this opportunity right now. Can't rely on next year. You may not even have the next decade. You may not even have the next week. And I'm not trying to scare anybody. I'm not trying to beat anybody over the head. I'm just trying to let you know. I've come to challenge you that it's right now. Right now. We need to worship now. We need to pray more now. We need to fast now. We need to read the word of God now. If there's something that God is telling you through the Holy Ghost, you need to get up and do it now. You need to go talk to your pastor and you need to get it worked out, get his permission, and you can start doing it now. Stop saying how it's going to be someday and start saying now. We're going to do this now. We can we can lay hands on the sick and see them recover now. People can get the Holy Ghost now. We need to reach our world now. Mark 16, 15, Jesus said, He said unto them, Go ye into all the world. And preach the gospel to every creature. He said, go. Not wait till you graduate high school and go. Not wait till marriage and go. He just simply told them, go. That's right now. That's moving right now. And preach the gospel. You see, there was an important job to be done. And everybody was sure somebody would do it. Anybody could have done it. But nobody did it. Somebody got angry about that because it was everybody's job. Everybody thought that anybody could do it, but nobody realized that everybody wouldn't do it. And so it ended up that everybody blamed somebody when nobody did what anybody could have done. 
And everybody knows that he was talking about someone else. But you know, the fact of the matter is, in this room, nobody, none of us in this room wants to be a nobody. And the Bible makes it very clear that anybody can be involved. If you've got the Holy Ghost, you've got the Spirit of God living on the inside of you, that's all you need. You can go to Bible school, that's good. You can get licensed and get your ministerial license, but that's not a brick. You don't have to do that. You got the Spirit of God living on the inside of you. The God that created heaven and earth living on the inside of you. There is nothing that you can't do. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Jesus said, Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you have received, freely give. This thing is not meant to stay in church. It's time to go. And it's time to go now. It's time to do these things now. It's time to reach your community now. It's time to get involved now. The time to advance the kingdom of heaven is now. You don't have to wait to go overseas. And that's good. If God's called you to foreign missions, you need to do what he said. We got churches. We got cities and states in, in the United States don't have an apostolic church. You got a mission field right where you are. Right where your, 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 your church campus is, that's your mission field. Right where your school is, that's where your mission field is. Walmart is your mission field. The grocery store is your mission field. Public gas, the gas station is your mission field. You don't have to wait. You don't have to put it off. Because I'm just going this may not be good, but I'm going to say it. If you can't reach people in your community, how are you going to go overseas? And reach people that you don't even know their language. You got you got neighbors right next door to you. You got to reach them. That's good practice. Reach your neighbors. Reach somebody at Walmart. Folks can get the Holy Ghost at Walmart. It'll be all right. All kinds of crazy things happen at Walmart. They do. Somebody can get the Holy Ghost. That's that's nothing. That's that is nothing compared to what goes on in that place sometimes. They'll be just fine. But you got to do it now. You got to go now. We all have talents. We all have abilities to use in the kingdom of God. We all do. They're all God given. They're all, but you can take that same talent that you use in your career and in school. You can apply it to the kingdom of God. Matthew 25, 14 through 30. This is a little bit of a reading, but we've all heard this. The story it says, For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto him his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. And he that received five talents went and traded with the same and made other five talents. And likewise, he that received two, he also gained another two. But he that received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. And after a long time, the Lord of those servants came and reckoned with them. And so he that received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, you delivered unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. His Lord said unto him, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. He also then received two talents, came and said, Lord, you delivered unto me two talents. 
And I've gained two other towns beside me. The Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'll make thee ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Then he that had the one town came and said, Lord, I know that you are a hard man, reaping where you have not sown, gather where you have not straw. And I was afraid when you hid your talent in the earth, and there, and there thou hast is thine. His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, you know that I reap where I sow not, and gather where I have not straw. You all therefore have taken my money to the exchangers, and then at my coming I should have received my own usury. Take therefore the talent from him, and give it to him that hath ten talents. For unto every one that he shall be given, he shall have abundance, but from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he has. And cast ye the un unprofitable servant in outer darkness, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now I know this, this scripture is referring to money, but the principle still applies. Each and every one of you in this room has a talent to use in the kingdom of God. Some of you have lots of talents. You do anything. It's just it's natural. You can just you can talk to people. You can work on a computer. You can do anything that you want to do. You're just good at it. Then there's some of us that you're good at double things. You got double talents. And then there's some of us. You got one talent. It's just, just one. But you know what? From the one that had the five all the way to the one, nobody was exempt from using that. Nobody. The guy with five had to use it. The guy with two had to use it, except the guy with one. He had to use his job. He only had to make one more. He only had to do it. They, 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 they just flipped it. No. But he, he was afraid. He got scared. The time is now to use your talent, to use your ability, whatever God's given you to, to use in the kingdom of God, because the time is now. Time is right now. Your high school is counting on you. I know I've said that before. Say it again. Your college campus is, is counting on you. Your job is counting on you. And if no, if you don't reach them, who's going to? If not now, when? If not here, where? You know, we might as well have revival now. You might as well have revival right now. Not put it off another day. The term ministry, it just simply means service. That's all it means. Service. You're being a servant. Jesus Christ was the ultimate servant. There are ministries in your local church that need somebody with a burden. There's just so many. There's so many things that, that, that your local church needs that are waiting Probably somebody in this room to catch a burden and to allow God to use them. There are P7 clubs that have not been started yet. There's nursing homes that haven't been reached. There are prisons that haven't been reached. There's follow-up ministry. There's outreach ministry that needs you guys to get involved and to get involved now, right now. Don't be a Felix. Don't put it off to a more convenient time. Time is the devil's greatest, his greatest tool. Yeah. He tells you, make a young person. You got plenty of time. Wait, wait on that. You got plenty of time. Because he knows that he can postpone you. 
the damage that you'll do to his kingdom is much less. He's got to keep you. So if he can get you with time, wait till, wait, wait till you're older, wait till this or that, then you won't be able to impact his kingdom. But the time is now. Right now. You know, I told this story. I was 15. I was at a youth explosion. That's when we were exploding youth. You know, it's really great. Um, uh, I'm glad we changed that name. Where are you going? Youth explosion. Oh. So, now I remember, I remember the man of God preaching. He was, this is not nothing, this is not a new revelation. I was supposed to come and blow your mind with some biblical revelation, sorry. But it was something about this, on this line. So I felt that. I felt that. I said, you know, I went to the altar to pray. You know what? I'm going to get involved. I'm going to get involved now. My, my pastor was Bishop Stan Davidson, our superintendent. So I meet him the next week. I want to be involved. I feel God, God called me to be involved. I'm going to get to preach. I'm going to get to be on platforms. Woo! To be involved. You know what he did? He said, oh, you want to be involved? That's great. That's something for you to do. Next weekend, you come up here on Saturday, and you help the men cut, cut the church grass. And I thought, what? Cutting grass. That is not what I thought. That is, can we pray? Can we, can we go over here and pray in the corner and intercede for a little bit and ask that question again? Cutting grass. God. All right. I did. Next weekend. Cutting grass. Mad. How we did. How we did. This, uh, this is not ministry. This is not what I had in mind. Stupid. You know, I got just mad. Just mad. Just it's hot, sweating. And I thought, I'm not doing that anymore. This is dumb. Had a bad attitude. Don't have a bad attitude. God has a way of humbling you. He did me too. Because I'm mad. Gonna waste the time. Could have been doing something else, playing Xbox. And uh, but that following Sunday, I was out in the parking lot, and a guest. And I was call. And I was just within earshot. And they looked around. They said, Man, this grass looks good. Who cut this grass? They must have a company that cuts this grass. It looks good. It looks, look at that edge job. Stop. That's me. You like that? I am the master weed eater. I got it. I got this. That's, that's me. Me. I did that. Thank you. I didn't say that, but I thought, that's cool. Hearing it, hearing it. Somebody had never been to our church before. It was like God was saying, while you were mad and you were thinking, I don't want to do this, you, you helped somebody, I guess, complimented on something that you did that you thought was behind the scenes and was done. But it doesn't stop there. So I got good cutting grass on the inside. Fifteen, no. That's all I needed to hear was somebody say, that's a good job. Well, then I seen the ladies clean the church one day. 
Well, you know what? I'll go up in there and help them. I'm, I'm ministry minded. I'm going to help them. Maybe they'll let me vacuum. <laughs> no. No, that's not what they did. They handed me a toilet brush. I thought, what? So, yeah. So now I'm in the bathroom scrubbing toilets. This is not what I had in mind. But I'll get the easy job. But then again, in my bad attitude, I hear standing in, the, in, in where the foyer is, and I had a, a lady come out of the bathroom. She was like, the bathroom is so clean. <laughs> I'm good at that. And it was just the way of God saying that there, there's no. The people that cut grass at your local church, they're not lower than anybody else. There's no difference in the people that are behind the scenes and the people up on the platform. It's all a service. It's all a ministry. It's all a ministry. So, if you you feel God calling you to cut the church grass, go do it. It's a ministry. If you want to go help the ladies, guys, I'll just go ahead and tell you, this is not about dating, but it's okay to run a vacuum. Right. It's okay for it's not feminine to learn to clean. It's all right. You want to find your wife? Let her see you back. It's all it all works together in the kingdom of God. We're all trying to do what we can do to impact right now. Luke 18, 18 through 23. It's the story of a rich young ruler. It said, A certain ruler asked him, saying, Good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said unto him, Why call you me good? None is good, save one that is God. You know the commandments. Don't commit adultery. Don't kill. Don't steal. Don't bear false witness. Honor your father and mother. And he said, All these I've kept from my youth up. And when Jesus heard these things, he said, Maybe you like one thing. Sell all you have and distribute unto the poor. Thou shalt have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. And when he heard this, he was very sorrowful, for he was very rich. And just like Felix, who was waiting for the convenient time, for the convenient season that he would hear what Paul really had to say, you don't see any more mention of the young man in Scripture. What could it have been? He would just say, you know what? Jesus, you want me to say, oh, I got to follow you? I'll do that. Could he have been the next apostle? Could he have been the next disciple? We don't know. Jesus called him. Told him what he needed to do. But he rejected that call because of his worldly concerns. Oh, that's my stuff. I'm not ready to get rid of my stuff. And we look at it and say, he would just turn his money over to Jesus, but it doesn't have to be money. It doesn't have to be just money. Anything that you put ahead of following Jesus Christ is going to have the exact same effect on your life too. That rich young ruler like Felix may have thought, someday I'm going to do what Jesus asked me to do. At this point, uh, maybe, you know, what could it have been? What, what could he have done? You never know, because we don't hear anything else about it. Like I said, careers are great, but you can't take it to heaven. 
Man, stars are great. I don't think God called us to, to be, you know, beggars or anything like that. I think he wants to bless you. He wants to do great things for you. But if you begin to put that stuff in front of God, then they become idols. And it does you no good. You can get buried in your car, I guess, if you wanted to. You decided to go out of the wheel and say, you know what? I want to get buried in my gold Cadillac. I guess you could. But you're not going to pull it up to the pearly gates. You're not going to be able to pop the hood and say, here I am, Jesus, with all my money. You're not going to be able to take any of that with you. You're happy you get buried inside your house with your car inside of it. You can do whatever you want. But when it all comes down to it, there's... You can't take any of that stuff with you. Could it be that some of you in this in this place this morning are saying, even as followers of Jesus Christ, I feel with the Holy Ghost. You may be saying, ah, someday, someday I'll do what you're asking me, God. But right now, at the time, it's just not right. It's just not. It's not convenient for me. Uh, I'm scared. I'm. I'm nervous. I. I know that someday, when everything's perfect, I'll be ready and I'll do it. But just not right now. I don't, I don't want to do that right now. But I, I pray this morning that you will put all that aside and you will decide to hear the voice of God one more time and decide to lay some of that stuff aside and to hear that call that God has been giving you right now. This morning, you may be putting off something to do in your own personal life that you know you need to do. God's been saying, I want you to talk to me. I want you to pray a little more. I want you to fast a little more. I want you to study my word just a little more. I pray that this morning that you do that right now. That whatever the Holy Ghost is leading you to do, that you will put everything else aside and that you will decide to do it right now. Some of you may need to get the Holy Ghost this weekend. I pray that God fills you either right now or later on tonight. But don't put that off anymore because you need His Spirit. You need the Holy Ghost living on the inside of you. Don't put it off another day. Get the Holy Ghost. Be the greatest thing you've ever done. My prayer for you this morning is that you allow God to move on you right now. Because doing it now, getting involved now, yeah, it's going to cost you something. But the cost of picking up the cross and following Jesus is priceless. Careers are good. But it can't go. A 401k won't save you. Jesus said this right here. Then Jesus said unto his disciples in Matthew 16, 24 through 26, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will, shall, will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profit? If he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul, or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? And so I'm going to close with our opening text. 2 Corinthians 6, 1 through 2. We then as workers together with him, beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. For he said, I have heard thee in a time accepted. And in the day of salvation have I secured thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. So you want to know what your next step is? Is to get involved. Whether you're the youngest in this room or the oldest in this room. None of us are exempt 
and advancing the kingdom of God. But the time to do that is right now. Amen. So I want to, I would like to pray for you. So can we all stand? Lord, I thank you for this just great group of young people. Lord, I pray that we would hear your voice one more time. Lord, that we would hear your call one more time, Lord Jesus. That we wouldn't put this off anymore, Lord God. That what we decide is to do things right now. To advance the kingdom of God right now. Lord, I pray, Lord, that your spirit would begin to move upon us, Lord Jesus. I pray, Lord, that we would hear that, God. Whatever you're calling us to do, Lord, that we would get involved in our local church right now, Lord Jesus. And I thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do in this place. We give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen.